It's Tabletop Time! I'm Dave, and I'm the narrator of Reboot.Execute. Season 1 was the first campaign back on Tabletop Time, and Season 2 is relaunching tonight. It's very exciting. I've been told it's the first campaign that has had a Season 2. It's also the first campaign that has sexy miniatures. Ooh. Oh my god! So sexy. We've dabbled in so this, good. and this is a dive now. We are officially doing minis. I am also officially the cameraman, and I will try and be more subtle when I do it. <laughs> but I have to show this off because everyone has been working so hard. It's been a grind all day to get a whole bunch of stuff done. Everyone has really pushed hard, and we're all working our guts out to bring the production value of all of this up to a level. No one's ever experienced before. I mean, you saw that intro, guys. Come <laughs> on! <laughs> Character art, which you'll see loads of in this intro. Um, but you don't have to have watched season one to watch season two. We're going to recap all that first. Uh, but before we jump into that, I just want to say two things. One, this is a podcast. Basically, think of it like an audio drama. We're all performers. We're improving and role-playing, but it's we're telling a story. Uh, so you can follow us on our podcast platforms. Any, anywhere you can listen to a podcast, go check us out there. And even if you don't listen to it all the time on a podcast, it's a huge help to go rate us on iTunes or Spotify. Give us a boost there. Super, super awesome. Uh, and then the other thing is a big thank to our patrons who make mm. all of this production value possible. And some of whom will be sneaky little patron NPCs in season two, as we do run a patron NPC thing where we work with patrons to create characters for our stories as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty exciting stuff. Huge shout out to Alicia for we've got new season two art. This is pro. <gasps> oh, don't spoil it all at once. So moody. Should not spoil they, some of it. Don't uh, spoil just it all. Us two. We've got what well, we're technically oh, already yeah, spoiled because yeah. we're already <laughs> okay. on the bottom. Uh, and as you can see, we're going to be having different environments and characters and all this stuff. This is just a whole new level and we're so so excited but I think it's time to uh, jump into the Begin. dark world mm-hmm. so reboot oh you mean Iron's fire no okay <laughs> I gotta, gotta adjust alright Delvin back in the box because it's time to journey into a world of cyberpunk reboot is like some of the cyberpunk you might know before but a little bit different because it is predominantly set in Australia The year is 2090, and while the world has managed to dodge the worst of international catastrophe, just sort of clinging on by their teeth uh, and, and avoiding the worst of climate change, the worst of wars, we've managed to survive. But the price of this survival has been the cost of ambition and drive. Humanity has sort of devolved into a... Uh, a big world of the haves and the have-nots with corporate cities surrounded by second-class or, in many cases, illegal citizens in the slums. And Reboot, the story of Reboot, takes place outside Melbourne in Australia with the large focus of the story being in the slums to the north of the city. Now, there's been some big technological developments and the most important one pertaining to the story is, of course, a product called New You, which allows someone to be reborn into a body of their choice beyond the capacities that humans could ever have imagined. And, uh, yeah, I guess without further ado, we could launch into a recap of season one if you want to deep dive into the world watch the season one uh there's a story uh world setting video but otherwise i think we just got to get started viewers be warned spoilers start here absolutely my name's pro or at least that's what people call me short for prodigy it's a alias i've given myself when i was working in the human trafficking circles against my will I escaped, and I came across a strange drone, a bot named Eve. Whoa, an Eve model. She was different. She kept me company and helped look after me while I was on the run. My name is Eve. I don't... I don't remember much from before. I just knew there was someone in need. Someone who needed help. I joined him, and, well, we've been around ever since. Name's Sebastian. I'm a genetically engineered human, designed to be perfect, at least in my parents' eyes. Spent my life as a scholar before, uh, you know, deciding to slum it and try and raise the quality of living out in the slums around Melbourne as a bit of a philanthropic uh, action. Uh, 
bit of an ulterior motive as well. Uh, my life partner was kidnapped for who knows what, and uh, a bit of research has led me to looking for Pro, who obviously worked in the human trafficking industry. So that's what we're gonna. That's what I'm gonna do today. Try and find him. Yeah. And their fates were intertwined when two dark strangers knocked on the door to Pro's long-established hideout, and Seb. Oh shit! Sought this opportunity to make his entrance. Me? <laughs> I, yeah, I, you're, I guess. You're playing Seb, yeah. Yeah, cool. okay. Yeah, cool. okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, you know, working through the slums, I did actually manage to track down Pro and I headed in and introduced myself. Having noted, noticed the tail at the door, we quickly introduced ourselves and decided to flee the building. I didn't know if I could trust this guy from the beginning. I mean,. He was clearly from money, and not many people around these parts are, but he was looking for someone, and it just so happened to be the sort of thing I was in for. See, I was looking for someone too. Riley, she was... She was captive with me for most of my upbringing, and I'd do anything to get her back. And it may be that Sebastian is my ticket to find her. And if I can help him along the way, well, so be it. But there was a problem. Disloyalty, no reason to trust each other, and needs. Pro has cybernetic implants, and cybernetic implants mean requirements for an anti-rejection drug known as fusion. Without them, necrosis sets in, implants are rejected, and people die. Fusion is an extremely expensive medical product for those in the slums, trafficked outside of the city districts. Of course, inside the city, it's available widely and free for those who are on the healthcare system. But our players, well, two of them, don't have that kind of access. Maybe Seb could come up with a solution. Unfortunately, tracking fusion in and out of the city is actually quite difficult. So, using some information, we decided to uh, scout out for potential contacts within the slums that might be able to supply us with the fusion that we needed. And all roads led to ugly. An ugly road, if you will. A, uh, a gang lord, for lack of a better word, who controls a lot of the fusion in these parts and has a lot of ties that we could potentially make use for in our search. Fusion, connections, it's what we needed. So, ugly it was. Well, bloody hell, I don't know about gang lord. I mean, I'm a private businessman out in the slums just trying to make a difference. And these wet-behind-the-ears people come down into my turf, they start throwing around demands, making a light show of things. Well, uh, let's just say they did show me some weaknesses in my security, and for that I was willing to offer them a job. You know, a little tit-for-tat, show of their abilities and maybe I could hook them up. The job was pretty simple at first. I mean, we just captured this guy named Vinod, Vinod, a hacker who previously worked for Ugly in the past and uh, was, I think, uh, taken by another gang at some point. Anyways, we took him, brought him back and Ugly uh, didn't treat him tastefully. He was, I think, dismembered. His lower leg, one of his legs... And I think that was to keep him hooked on fusion as well, so Ugly could continue to control it. Anyways, for our help, Ugly hooked us up with some uh, fake IDs made by Vinod to get into the city. So we could uh, potentially upgrade our friend Eve. We thought she could be useful, and she was showing signs of awareness. Also, Seb was looking for a place. I didn't understand it at the time. She wasn't hiding it well. I'm Johnny, and you could say I look after Ugly's messier business. I was curious why this drone was walking around asking questions as if she was people. So... I got to asking those questions and revealed a little bit about myself to her. 
Maybe we were more similar than the others realized. Upon meeting Johnny, or incongruent, I said to him that we are alike, but we are not the same. She may grow to realize that she was wrong. Maybe she was right. Either way, I was going to look out for her. Well, the group was together in Uglies, and uh, after a bit of chat about what our shared goals would be in terms of taking down the circle and taking down the circle and finding themselves... Uh, we figured we'd head off into the city and see if we can get an upgrade for Eve. Met a lot of interesting characters in the slums. First of all was Songbird. She was a, a pretty young woman working for Ugly as a, as a lookout. She'd been through some hard times, lost some limbs and was relying on him for fusion. Turns out she was sharing it with her friend who was uh, also uh, you know, struggling to obtain it. It's pretty sad stories. There's a lot of them out in the slums. Um, <clears throat> speaking of different people, we also met a man, a street vendor named Bernie. He offered Seb a hand, literally. While, journey- while journeying in the slums, I also came across a woman who had an infant in her arms. She begged us to help her, but we could not. The memory still plays on me today. Well, I was in the slums. I was, uh, again, dual purpose, looking for the circle, but also wanting to raise the quality of life. So hit up a real estate agent in the area and set myself up a little soup kitchen with some help from a real estate agent called Rory. I didn't understand what he was doing. He kept trying to find the place and all these fittings he wanted to put in it. It seemed like a waste of time. And then I realized he was actually trying to help people. And then I realized I hadn't really met anyone like that, so it's no wonder I didn't believe him. Anyways, after we got set up, it was time to head off to the city, find Eve's upgrades, and in theory, meet some new people. For Pro, it was a crossing. The first time he'd ever, since unremembered early childhood, been in one of the large city districts of the civilized world. As he, crossed, as he crossed the threshold, moving through security drones, checkpoints, his illegal ID holding true, he passed a precipice that he didn't realise was one, and turned back to see his slums gone, obscured by a wall of holographic images of beautiful fields, illuminated only for proximity warnings, saying danger, slums, don't associate with those people. And he knew the sort of place he'd arrived in. They'd made themselves a beautiful garden and treated us like rats, crushed us beneath their feet and pushed us aside and walled us off so they didn't have to see us while they sip on their fucking martinis. When entering the city, we made our way to the Nino facility where I was manufactured. We were approached by another Eve bot, someone, a drone, who looks just like me. After a long conversation, we were made aware that in order for me to get my upgrades, I would require a skeleton key. This meant returning to my residential address, the last thing I wanted my friends to see. God, there it was lying there in the, in the bed, and it all made sense. Eve had to, had to kill this child. It was against her programming, but she must have hit some sort of loop that she couldn't solve without, well, putting this poor thing out of its misery. From what I can gather, it seemed to be doomed to never grow and only feel pain. And when its parents passed away, there it was. Only there, only living, and only hurting. Eve did what any any caring person would do. 
she's not a person. And yet, in that moment, she had more humanity than I think a drone was capable of. Leaving the scene of Eve's moment of sentient awakening. A robot who was forced to make a decision its programming couldn't cope with. They reflected. But there were other revelations about family to be had that night. And the group decided they should go and visit Sebastian's parents. We took a cab over to my uh, folks' place. Bit of a shock for Pro and Eve, I dare to say. But we jumped in the lift and headed on up. Like usual, my father's having a stiff drink after a long day's work. He's pretty glad to see me and is inquiring about how my my little mission to find Maya is is going. It's not very fruitful so far, but it is what it is. He invites us to dinner, and I introduce him to my friends. The entire sw- scene just sort of swam around me like it wasn't happening because all I could see when those lift doors opened was the city below. I'd never been so high in my entire life, literally. What were we on the... Hundredth floor? I, I don't even know, but I've never been above three floors, and there was the whole world beneath their feet, and that was their normal. And all the rats in the gutters below, ready to ignore. It almost broke me. But hey, couldn't let that get to me. It was dinner time after all. And what a dinner it was. We'd had some success lately, and great things were being announced. Creations of technology that we had thought only dreams decades ago. It was a time for celebration. But, as my sweet wife put to me privately, it was also a time where our beloved son was bringing human traffickers into our house under fake ID and buried with lies. So, we did what any good parents would, and we vetted his new companion. In the middle of the night, while we were staying in Seb's parents' tower, I woke up to a bot taking my blood with a syringe. That messed with me, and I tried to attack it and get it back and figure out what the fuck was going on, and... No one would answer my questions until eventually we got it out of Seb's parents that, uh, well, they were doing a bit of a history check on me. Turns out they needed to know more about who their son was philandering with, and they figured out pretty quickly my association with the Circle, the human trafficking rig I would do anything to take down. Not sure how much of that they knew, but either way, I was pretty pissed and ready to just walk out and throw everything away, but, uh... As I walked away, I was made an offer. An offer that was refused. It seems this reprobate wasn't interested in talking, only lying. But we'd let him go off and play with our son for a while. He's got a good head on his shoulders, and I'm sure he'll make the best decisions for the family. They offered me a suitcase of fusion. Year's supplies, I'd guess. That'd solve a lot of problems. Maybe I was stupid, but I walked away from it. And Seb and Eve walked with me. I don't know. I only knew these strangers for a week or so, but... Something made me realize I needed them. I wanted them in my life somehow. Well, with that done, we uh, headed back out to the slums. Hit up Ugly. Find out what we can do for him. So in return, he can do some 
work with us. I remind the party of the woman that's been playing on my mind and her infant child. We return to the alleyway, but I find her deceased and her infant missing. Putting the last hopes of humanity that I have left, I leave a bag of groceries, only for it to be torn apart and taken coolly from my arms. The last shreds of humanity, they die here. As Eve stands and watches the woman bludgeon to death for the groceries she gifted her, the party pull her inside, hiding her from the horrors of the slums, and they quickly move on, quick to forget the life that was snuffed out, one of many they've seen before, and they arrive at Uglies. Once there, their meeting is cut short by the shrill cries of a 13-year-old girl. She dashes down the stairs and announces, Amir is dead. Her friend. The gang and Ugly, in response to Songbird's friend Amir dying, quickly arms up and heads out to take on the threat of, you know, who or whatever did this to her friend. Turns out there's a, a gang of religious fanatics that have something wrong, have something against boosters, the, you know, cybernetically enhanced individuals. And... And Amir was one of those. Well, we get there, and there's not much left of Amir, really, to identify him at all. But the bastards that did it are still in the building. Well, we've got the guns, we've got the people, so we decide to head on up and, and deal with it. Well, I'm real fucking riled up as people are on my turf, and they're going around killing kids to try and get to me, so... uh I say we teach them a lesson, guys. Sounds like there's maybe a half dozen of them. You take the left room, the three of you, and uh, I'll deal with the right. I made a complete fool of myself. I'd never held a gun in my life, and there we were on the front lines of gang warfare to help out Ugly. He had more he could help us with, so we tried to help out, but it got messy fast, and Ugly, well, he just got ugly. Ugly by name, ugly by nature. The bastard did a power play trying to pull Pro and Eve onto his side, forcing him to pull the trigger on someone that, realistically, they, you know, shouldn't have needed to pull that. They're here to support him. If he wants them dead, he can do it himself rather than some weird fucking mind game. The pretty boy down from the city decided that he could traipse into my turf with his high horse morality and let these child murderers go to the justice that waits. Oh, wait. We are the only justice these people have got. And if you guys can't make hard decisions, I can't trust you. He passed me the gun and invited me to kill this guy by holding my hand straight, pointing it at his head. I just had flashbacks to the years of being controlled and made to do things I regretted for the rest of my life that just break my soul. And there I was being made to do it again. I couldn't do it. I refused and I let go. He then passed the gun. I take the gun from Ugly. I pull the trigger. I cannot let my friends carry this burden. Oh, God, Eve. I never saw that one coming. And with loyalties tested, and in the eyes of Ugly, one passing... One, the jury's out, and the other, a hopeless case from the city. The group went their separate ways. Eve, drawn back to Ugly's motors. More for herself, and perhaps the robot that lived there, than for Ugly himself. And the other two headed to the soup kitchen that Seb had recently established. The slums are dangerous, and with the gang warfare hitting up harder than ever, it became a bit harder to protect the place and those that were inside. So I put the feelers out for people that might be willing to work for, in exchange for you know, steady income and food. Didn't expect much, but uh, in walked a man named Conrado. He's missing both arms. Turns out those uh, religious fanatics that 
you know, had an issue with the boosters, had decided to beat him up and take him. So he'd been, you know, armless ever since. Huh, good one. Thank you. Well, lucky for him, I liked him. I don't know how to spare arm, so I hired him on the spot. He's a good man. He does good work. Seb was pretty focused on the soup kitchen. I was pretty focused on becoming less useless. Gee, it was embarrassing. Every time I tried to step up, I just made a fool of myself. I know I'm better than that. My name's supposed to entail that. At least I was when I was doing bad shit. Well, if I'm going to undo bad shit, I better get better at this, so... I started training, working on my skills, but it was pretty pathetic, I'm going to be honest. I mended my ways with the group. We came to a decision and decided we needed to trust each other moving forward. I could see how hard Pro was trying, and I decided to ask for assistance. I met Shane, one of Ugly's gang members. Luckily enough, I knew Osland. She doesn't speak, but I can communicate with her. I ask if she will train pro, and she agrees. So Zhang's a total badass. Not only is she better at, better than me at hacking and cybermancy, but uh, she can kick my ass in hand-to-hand combat as well. So obviously she's someone I want on my side too. I can learn a lot from her. And even though I struggle to communicate with her sometimes, I mean, she doesn't talk... She's really cool. I like her. A few days pass. It's not long into the meeting between the CEOs of Reboot and New You. I speak with Incongruent, and I ask if he's interested in the new AI they are developing. Could this be something more for us? Eve, it very well could be, but... I don't know how we'll get access. Tread carefully there. One false move and you'll be flagged effective. You, the more you grow, the easier it is for them to spot you. And they'll treat you as less than nothing. So initially, we had been invited to this meeting with Seb, but things didn't seem to pan out the way we expected. Yeah, the drop of a hat, the meeting location changes. Give a call to Oscar, figure out what's going on, and ask if my mate Pro can tag along. Uh, Oscar's a bit nervous about that and says he wants to meet beforehand. That's fine, we can do that. But not with you, son. I need to speak to Pro. Alone. I met in a private location with Seb's father. I'd almost cut any sort of opportunity out from the way I acted in their house, but he wanted to know if I was really loyal to Sebastian. He wanted to protect his son. I get it. I assured him that I would do everything in my power to help him get Maya back. And that I, uh, I could be trusted with his son. I cared about him. And I did. And in the end, I guess that's what he wanted to hear, because... Well... He gave me the opportunity again to come to the meeting, but... Even more so, he, uh, gave me a connection to one of his surgeons to... Offer me upgrades. Cybernetics. Can't say no to that. And beneath all that, I gave him one thing that... Someone else might have cared about. I gave him his name and the knowledge that his mother was alive. His family still missed him if he ever wanted to reconnect. That was a lot. He showed me a picture of my mom. Jeez. You know, I was nine when I was taken. I spent my whole life up until I was exiting my teenage years trapped and tortured and there she was my mother I completely forgot what she looked like and I don't think I could ever bear to let her see me again anyway it was back to the group the soup group as uh, a couple of the people around the place started to call us cause what a weird operation Sebastian created 
This didn't exist anywhere in the slums. Sebastian had alternate places to be, though, as he was invited to a private meeting with a politician known as Raguel, a new face on the block with radical new ideas. For some reason, he'd sought out Sebastian, of all people. Well, it turns out my parents' hesitation with my relationships with uh, Pro and Eve was well-founded. Rich and powerful family, people want to meet you, get things from you. Well, Rags, Raguel, I figured I'd throw him a bone and decided to meet him in a bar. He had a lot of interesting things to say. He asked a weird favour of me, he wanted me to, to try and spy on some people. My own family, as well as uh, some you know other well-known companies. The weirdest thing he said, though, was uh, he believed that the creation of my family and their business partners was... Maybe on the darker side of things, working in people tra- uh, people trafficking. Stating that the cheapest way to get a body is not to clone them, it's to steal them. It didn't sound right to me, but I figured I'd trust my family over this guy. The group head towards the city, ready to cross the border and meet with Seb's parents and Isaac and Persia, the heads of the Oceanic Division of Reboot Corporation, for an incredibly important meeting aboard their yacht. But their crossing was soured. Pro attempted to cross the border, and he became paranoid. I turned away. I I was worried things would just go, go bad quickly as soon as I tried to enter the city, and... Well, they went bad as soon as I tur- turned away. Turned my back trying to rework my entry and I was attacked from behind. And everything was taken. My phone, laptop, bag. And I was beaten to a pulp. It was broken and bruised. I had to run back to the only person I thought who could get me into the city in time for this very important opportunity. Back to Ugly. And I ran. Well, look, I can't let a bird with a broken wing languish on my property. So I picked him up in my arms and I carried him to salvation. We stitched his head up and got him all right. I dosed him up with enough stuff, you know. It kind of makes a long-term user feel good. And uh, we set him on his way. We shipped him down the canal the way we usually do and just uh, hoped his friends would be able to unscrew the box before he ran out of air. But... uh, I got a good feeling about Pro. Seems like a good kid and he's been through some shit, so I thought I'd offer him a bone and throw him a favour. He actually did it. I couldn't believe it. He got me into the city, even patched me up with help from his gang. And then we met with Sebastian's father, but I didn't have an ID anymore, so I had to make a compromise. A deal. An exchange. I sold myself. I am now officially property of Ambient Pharma. Of course, the only way to have an illegal citizen moving freely was to get him chipped. And, uh, it was a simple enough procedure. Touches right to the back of the sternum. Yeah, he didn't like that bit. Anyway, hopefully this means if trouble comes, we can keep him safe. My dear son also brought news that someone was trying to bug our little meeting. I couldn't have that. If anyone was going to bug the meeting, damn sure it was going to be us. So we swapped the bugs out, and I left him and his little gang have their fun, knowing that at the end of the day, it'd be my ears picking up on all those reboot secrets. Our long-time friends, of course, wouldn't have anything to hide from me. No, of course not. They took us on a yacht. Like an actual, honest-to-God yacht. Jesus. Mega multi-billionaires. Trillionaires. These are the wealthiest people in the country. And we're on their yacht, Eve. Jeez. Did you know that I am not water-soluble? No. No, we didn't get you the waterproof upgrade. We'll get there. Mm. Anyway, these people are weird. Uh, 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 what's the name of it? Um, Isaac Persia, the two business partners of uh, Seb's parents. They founded New You. 
There's a whole lot of politics happening there, but the kids are weird. Just a bunch of strange people. Yes. I believe their names are Gabby and Uriel. Uriel, in particular, seems very keen on me. He notices my sentience. I feel compromised. Anyway, they have their meeting, and, well, you know me. I can't bite my fucking tongue, and as soon as they start talking all the corporate jargon, and, you know, I could feel us edging out of this circle, the opportunity was disappearing. I I tried to shift their thinking. They were talking about profits and, and shareholders, stakeholders, and all that. And I wanted new you. I wanted to steal new you to restore justice and redeem all the people that I'd broken, all the rats in the sewers that they have crushed beneath their feet. And I'm going to take it whether they like it or not. And as one step closer to that, I tried to shift their thinking. What if, instead of raising the price of this product, they institute a marketing campaign and use the slums as a way to raise the vision of their company, make them gods, not corporate overlords? The entire world would see the power of their product. And as it would seem, fate twisted to make this opportunity happen. Whether it by good fortune, good mood, good company, or sheer force of will, the skill of Sebastian, or the pluckiness of Pro, Isaac and Persia were moved. Moved so far that they were not immediately going to enact the harsh business deal that would have seen Ambon Farmer cut from a large portion of their profits, but also that they would take this idea, uplifting the slums, controlling the narrative, making New You slightly more affordable, and making it attainable. What better way to control the masses than promise them the life they dream of? It was perfect. And their secretary would call to set up a meeting. In a few weeks. Just like that with busy people. Well, got to make hay while the sun's shining. I had implied listening devices to implant around the ship, so, you know, did my best at hiding. I'm not the stealthiest person, so that little shit urinal picked it up. A shit urinal? That's not what a urinal's for, Seb. <laughs> without, without the party knowing... A pair of eager and very skillful eyes watched their every move and, so far as they know, neglected to form, inform anyone of anything. And after their meeting, it was time to leave. The group head back to the city and made it, in a fairly uneventful fashion, back to the soup kitchen and to Ugly's Bar. This is where things started to reach a fork in the roads. We knew we needed to make progress. We knew we needed Ugly. But Ugly didn't know if we could be trusted. He needed our loyalty. Sebastian was just not interested. Not after that display on the last job we did. So It wasn't just that. These people would come into my place and uh, trust or no trust kept offering their mission of suicidally taking down one of the world's biggest and darkest trafficking rings as if it was some kind of gift. Their dream with no plans, no backup and no resources that they were offering uh, in exchange for my loyalty, my men and women, my life. Uh, I don't know what kind of bargaining tables they'd been sitting at, but uh, they weren't offering much and they were asking for a lot. I thought we had a connection. I thought this could get us places that even Ugly couldn't get, but we just needed him to get there. But Seb just wouldn't consider it. I could see. I could see where Ugly was coming from. The whole mess of the slums. It's dirty. And these human trafficking organizations, I mean, I, I saw it. I was a victim and I was a perpetrator against my will. Anyway, Seb was not convinced. I felt like I'd learned a lot in my time in the slums. And action needs to be taken. I don't have a problem with that. The problem was ugly. Manipulative abuser taking advantage of 
youths and vulnerable people didn't sit right. We just weren't going to see eye to eye. But ultimately, we came to an agreement. You see, I didn't trust Seb's type, liable to skip on back to the city when times got tough to his penthouse suite and live his perfect life, detached from our struggles and suffering them only at his whim. So I made him a little deal. If he betrayed me, well, it'd be his family he'd be handing to me on a platter. His life, well, the lives of those around him and everything they'd built in exchange for my help. It was a good bit of collateral, but mostly I just wanted to watch him squirm. While everyone was heated, I pulled a conger in his side. I told him that Uriel was compromising me. I was worried. We'd found a listening device on my body. He was demanding a one-on-one communication with him. I couldn't help in that situation, but I advised Eve to be careful. But I did have what they wanted to know. Kanan and Bagrav, the two circle agents staying at the Glass Slipper. They were the targets, and they were the best lead they had, but Eve needed to be safe. As long as they could promise me Eve was safe, I could give them the intel they needed. So, time was running out. Kanan and Bagrov were going to leave the glass slipper in short order. The two that were hunting me at the very start of all this. Well... They were the connection to the circle. If we could get them, we could get everything else lined up like dominoes. But we had to line up a few other things. I needed training, and Zhang agreed to train me, which was super cool. I uh, even got a little bit better at hand-to-hand combat. And I took Seb's father up on his offer. Got some surgery. Cybernetics. I got uh, discrete onboard computing and one of my eyes turned into a robotic eye. Well, I mean, the summary is I have a computer in my brain with an interface I can basically record and see night vision, all that cool stuff. You know, I can replay scenes. You can see everything except x-ray vision. Uh, All installed courtesy of Dr. Igor. Yeah, he was a character. Never forget Dr. Rigor. But anyway, cool upgrades and not on my wallet, so I'm happy about that. Anyway. While Pro and Seb went into the city for the night, Jane came to me at the soup kitchen. She told me she required my assistance. Ugliest gang members had gotten into an awful fight and they needed help. I spent all night trying to make sure that they would survive and I did a pretty good job. It was that night that I also listened in on Ugly's story. It turns out he's not as ugly as his name may say. I also find the reason that Incongruent was created, to care for Ugly, and he must have achieved sentience in a similar way to me. And with revelations, different bedchambers and... Tensions high. The group pulled themselves together for their fated operation. One that would see them changed forever. It took a while to figure out how to get into the glass slipper where Kanan and Bagrov were. Eventually, I got onto the roof and found a back way in. While Seb and Eve went in the front door. The idea being to distract, make a display. Kanan and Bagrov didn't know what they looked like, but they certainly knew what I looked like, so... I had to stay hidden at all costs. I navigated the building 
and tried to make my way make my way around, while even Seb did the work. As a distraction to get Pro inside the building, I went up to the bartender and declared it was Seb's twenty-first birthday, and that the celebration should be big. This was successful, and Pro infiltrated the building. The party infiltrated the glass slipper and ignored all the narrator's attempts to get them to interact with 60-year-old party man. <laughs> <laughs> Initially, there was quite a bit of success. Their operation yielded results. They spotted their targets and they moved silently, getting everything in place, with Zhang running the operation from behind, keeping careful lines of communication open and tracking their movements. But all went south when... They saw me. They goddamn saw me. I tried to wear an employee's outfit and spike the drinks, but as soon as they got a glance of me, I would... Well, I was done. I ran and hid in the warehouse, and the place immediately locked down. I didn't realize how fast they would react, but my God, it's like they were waiting for me. They hadn't stopped looking, obviously. And the search was hot. With everything going to hell, Eve and I figured we'd take advantage of it, see if we could get some uh, get some information out of Kanan. So we followed him into the back of the building and tried to capture him. He was really fucking strong, and he took us out pretty quickly. Uh, we were really lucky. We were rescued. Unfortunately, the party hadn't tangled with heavily augmented people before, and whilst seeming unarmed... A blade unsheathed from his body. Eve was seemingly ruined. Slashed across the torso and shutting down. Seb was badly stabbed, but... Violent hacking took place and an unlikely ally in the form of a forklift robot. I used uh, one of the... uh hardware overrides that Zhang provided me. She hacked the uh, the warehouse robot and helped a lot. I escaped by the skin of my teeth and found her in the van. Turns out, she'd also gotten a hold of Bagrov. Or Kanon. Bagrov. 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 <laughs> he was in the back and then the robot caused a distraction, hopefully creating enough of a deterrent so that we could go get uh, Seb and Eve. But uh, Zhang was shot, and things were getting messy really quickly, and we were running out of time. With gang members circling in, Zhang drove. Eve and Sebastian left inside a burning building that Pro himself had lit. As they careened out of the street, with Zhang clutching her bleeding abdomen, Seb had a chance to escape. Eve was unconscious, but I wasn't just going to leave her there. I dragged her as far away from that burning building as I could, into the back of a building. I got inside. It was a sex shop. Was one of the last things I remember is these greedy eyes looking at me. Looked like they just got in a sick, twisted present. And I knew they were coming for me. In my last moments before they knocked me unconscious, I managed to shove my uh, augmented glasses into the open wound cavity in Eve's abdomen. That's the last thing I remember. And the the van careened on. Desperate struggles elevated as Zhang lost awareness and her control. She began tearing not only into flesh but into mind as she threw data bursts and viral packets directly into Bagrov's heavily augmented cerebellum. Tearing his mind apart, she helped to uplink Pro directly with his mind for a chance that he could take memories, some snippet, something that would give them the leads they had come for. I knew I didn't have much time. There was so much to think about and so much I already fucked up. But this was the moment, this moment, this breath, that I could say what I wanted to see. 
Where is Riley? And finally, before he snuffed it, against his own control, I saw her. She was here. She was in the docks. Last time I saw her years ago, she was over in the United States, but here she was in Australia, apparently, and with Kanan. I don't know if that was a memory or if it was a snapshot or surveillance, but it was true. And it's the last thing I got before Bagrov died. Oh, my God. So that, I think that's our recap up into <sighs> the start of Season 2. Uh, so everything is now spoiled but there's more spoilers to come. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the start of season two and we're starting season two in a special way, which is by running through... Season 1.5. Sort of. It's the the interlude. And it will be told through a series of short scenes with uh, characters playing... We've got some of our players playing different characters temporarily, uh, so it's not all me talking to myself. Uh, And it's sort of a semi-scripted, no dice rolls, like narrative delivery, uh, almost like an audio book, hopefully, or like narrative role play improv role play uh but with sort of a structure because we all know where it starts and ends before we in earnest begin with the old uh terrifying dice uh for season two in earnest yeah we've all um we're all on the page with where season two will start and it's just sort of all working together to tell that story in a way that feels right to our characters and really builds on that story for everyone Mm. so yeah i'm super stoked i think it's a great idea awesome way to recap yeah Thank you so much to everyone who's watched tonight and also to our Twitch viewers who have come and watched because we stream every Tuesday night on Twitch with our when our campaigns are running. So next. Go check us out on yeah. Twitch and follow us there. 8, 8.30 Australian Eastern Standard Daylight Savings That's time. All those time thingies. <laughs> and time. massive, the biggest shout out to patrons who make all of this possible. It is the massive... Impact of it is the most impactful support that anyone can give to tabletop roleplay, and you can see what we're doing with it. You can see that we're doing minis, we've got portraits commissioned. Can I just remind everyone that season one, when we started season one, everyone was volunteering? Yes, yeah. true. Now it's everyone's job. <laughs> yep. Like, how fucking yeah, cool is it's that? Amazing. It's 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 our job. We all work together now because of your support, and we can put more into this than we are, and it's a dream come true. And just watch what we do with it, because I feel like we're I feel like we're hitting up yeah. on those highest echelons of yeah. of content quality. For you also role play. get a lot of perks for being a patron as well, so we try to sort of support you guys back as well. So. Um, one of them is the top tier patrons. We kind of mm. shout out their names, and we, that just went by, and we didn't <laughs> do it. Well, so. And occasionally we run them twice what? visibly. Yeah, <laughs> right, who's saying the first name? Uh, I've got second. Okay. Jens, you got the first name. The, oh, well, when I they come, they're, sometimes they're <laughs> sneaky. They take a little while to come in. Sometimes you they're fast. Be, uh, perceptive. Yeah. If your perceptions. Sometimes low. you just. Hey, <laughs> there it Special is. Special thing. Oh wait. Uh, don't forget to follow Narrator Dave on Twitter. <laughs> Nick's nightmare. Tickle duck. Yell hair trist. AJ, AJ Macy. Macy. And I believe it was Nick's nightshade. It was Nick's was it? nightshade. It was Nick's nightshade. Yeah, yeah. Nick's Three. nightshade. Just one more time. Nick's nightshade. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Nick's nightshade. Nick's night. Shade. Nick's, Nick's night shade. Night okay. shade. <sighs> Thank you, everyone. It begins. Yeah. yeah. Well, crazy. See you in the next video. <laughs> hey, what a throwback. <laughs> We're back, baby. Oh, Jen. <laughs>